better nutrition, avoid diseases, lose weight, remove toxins, feel better. That's clean eating. It's time for the Clean Food Network Show. Here's Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and I co-host another show on Radio MD that I absolutely love called Naturally Savvy Radio. And joining us now is my fantastic co-host, Andrea Donsky. She's going to talk about her journey to go GMO-free and why it's so important. Hi, Andrea. Hey, Lisa. This is so fun. I love when I get to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's very rare. I love it, too. All right, Andrea. So jump right in. When did you first start getting health conscious and realizing that eating clean and GMO free is the way to go? Well, I would say probably about hmm, probably 16, 17 years ago when I started to really look at the food I was eating because I had a lot of stomach issues and I could not figure out what it was. And I went to my doctor and they told me that they couldn't find anything that was medically wrong with me. So, you know, maybe it was something else that had nothing to do with my physical body. So I went and I started reading everything I could about nutrition. And what I found out was that what I was eating was affecting my body in negative ways. I was eating dairy and I was eating gluten. I mean, these are things for me, ingredients for me that just my body was like, whoa, what are you doing? And I knew that I wasn't supposed to be like, I knew dairy for me wasn't good since I was a kid. Like I was, I was lactose intolerant. I remember complaining of stomach aches when I was like probably nine or 10 so as I got older and I started to realize like what I'm putting in my body was actually affecting me in not such a great way, that's when I really started to take note and kind of think, hmm, maybe I should change what I'm eating. Yeah. And not only did you change what you're eating, but you went and become a registered holistic nutritionist. Tell us about that. I did. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is I'm very into research. And when I start, when I put my head to something or I put my mind to something, I go full force. Like there's not just like, yeah, I'll read about it here and there. It's like, okay, I need to know everything <laughs> there is about nutrition, which is, I guess, what makes me good at my job. Right. But, or I like to oh, see yeah. my, you know, my career, my life. I mean, it's my life's work. Right. So I went and I started to read up on what food I should be eating and what foods we should be putting into our body and what food maybe isn't so great for me because everybody's so individualized and unique. Um, so I thought, well, since I'm learning so much, I might as well go back to school and get a nutrition degree because maybe one day it actually will serve me in a way. And this was years ago. This was in the late 90s when I decided to do it. And I thought, I don't know what I'll do with it, but one day I know I'll need it for something. And that's why I decided to go back to school to get a nutrition degree. Oh, that is so cool. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the gluten and the dairy because a lot of people have intolerances. What were some of the, were there any other symptoms other than gastrointestinal? So for people listening, if they're like, huh, I kind of feel funky after I eat those types of foods too. Oh, for sure. I mean, definitely gastrointestinal. So gas, bloating, pain, but also I found, you know, even, you know, like what would happen to me is I'd have lunch, let's say a sandwich. And then at like an hour later, my head would feel foggy. I'd feel really tired. My memory didn't work so well. So there were other things that, you know, that definitely contributed to me not feeling great other than gastrointestinal. And I've heard from people who, let's say, have problems with gluten, could be either celiac or just sensitivity to gluten, have increased anxiety levels. I mean, there are so many symptoms. I mean, you and I, we interviewed Jennifer. Um, uh, I was her last thinking th- about her. Yeah. Esposito. Esposito, thank you. We interviewed Jennifer Esposito and in her book, she talked about all the different symptoms that, you know, people with celiac experience, which even if you're not celiac, but you're gluten intolerant, you might be experiencing some of those symptoms as well. So I think, you know, just listening to your body, if it doesn't feel right after you eat something, it probably isn't. Now, when did going GMO free first get on your radar, Andrea? 
I would say, you know, a few years ago, because up to that point, I mean, I've definitely been, you know, buying hormone-free, antibiotic-free meat. And when I would shop and I'd go to the grocery store, that was something that I was very much um, conscious of. And then probably I'd say about maybe three, four years ago, um, actually maybe three years ago, I met Jeffrey Smith and I started talking to Jeffrey and listening to him speak. He, you know, he's an amazing non-GMO advocate and basically he introduced me to the whole concept. He was one of two people who introduced me to the whole GMO, the whole GMO concept. Another one was Nature's Path Foods, who they, talk, they were talking about GMOs so many years ago. But really, when Prop 37 came about several years ago, that's really when it, became, when it came on my radar, and I know a lot of other people in our industry's radar too. So then I switched from buying just hormone and antibiotic-free meat to buying organic meat, because even if it's antibiotic and hormone-free, the animals could still be fed GMO grains like soy and corn. So that's when I decided that I was really going to just make that change. Even though it's more expensive, I was just going to buy less of it, but really switch to organic meat. Now, for people who are brand new to this whole GMO thing, what exactly are GMOs and why do we want to avoid them? So GMOs are genetically engineered ingredients. So basically, you're taking the DNA from one thing, generally a food, let's say, and you're splicing it with the DNA of something else like a virus or bacteria. So let's use um, Roundup, for example. So Roundup is an insecticide that you basically take the DNA from Roundup and you splice it with the DNA from a food, so a corn or a soy. Let's use those examples. And then basically you come up with a resistant plant that when you spray those plants with Roundup, they won't die. I see. And you know, I interviewed recently a medical oncologist, mainstream oncologist who said, don't eat GMO foods because they have glyphosate. Is that how you say that? Exactly. Yep. Glyphosate. Good. I usually pronounce it wrong. <laughs> One of my little yeah. things I do. Uh, gly- glyphosate. Now I said it wrong. Uh, but at any rate, I-, I thought that was really good that there was somebody out in the mainstream because I think a lot of people, when they hear this, if they talk to a mainstream doctor, they might be like, oh, GMO, shmemos, who cares? But it's nice that it's starting yeah. to spread, I think, right? That more people and more professionals and doctors are realizing that we don't want to be doing this. So is it, it's actually what they're using when they genetically modify the food, correct? It's the chemicals and the disgusting stuff in the Roundup that gets right into the seed. Is that, do I have that understood correctly? Yeah, they're splicing it, the DNA, exactly. So it mm. ends up in that seed. So when you go and you, when farmers plant those seeds, those seeds are resistant to Roundup. So basically those plants won't die. And then we're eating the food that those plants are made of. So, you know, soy, corn, cotton. I mean, these are ingredients, sugar beets, these are ingredients that, you know, that are primarily GMO. So, you know, I think, you know, something like 90%, I mean, you can get the stats um, online, but, you know, very high percentage of corn and soy in the United States and even in Canada are genetically engineered when it comes to soy and to corn and to cotton and some of these major ingredients like sugar beets and canola even. So we really want to if you're going to eat those ingredients, just make sure they're organic or that they're non-GMO verified, so by the, by the non-GMO project, so that you avoid these foods. And the way I look at it, Lisa, is even if, you know, the research might be out, and it's not out 100%, there's a lot of research, and that's why I love hearing that at conventional medical doctors talking about avoiding GMOs. But even, let's say, even if there wasn't enough research to support it and you're not convinced, I kind of, the same thing has to do with any ingredient that's not good for us. Why, we're not experiments. Like, why experiments on us? Why don't we just basically, you know, not eat these foods and let them prove it safe or unsafe? And once it is, then we can make our decisions. But at the end of the day, like, I like to kind of err on this sort of caution, right? And not eat something that even (laughs) might have something that can hurt us. 
Oh, I completely agree. So if something says organic, is that enough? Or does it have to have the uh, GMO project verified label as well? So that's a great question. So if something is organic, it's certified organic, it does not, it's not allowed to contain GMO. So that is absolutely enough. Okay. However, if oh, something is not organic, but you're still looking um, to make sure that it's non-GMO, you can look for the non-GMO verified lo- logo. And now, with all the recent announcements, all these companies like Campbell's and all these other companies at General Mills and Kellogg's that have come out to say that they're now going to voluntarily label products with GMOs, you'll be able to even see on the back of the package where it says ingredients, it'll say made with or partially made with genetically engineered ingredients. So now, as consumers more and more companies are going to start telling us if their products contain GMO. See, I think that is so incredible. We've come such a long way. And as people like you, Andrea, doing all the fantastic work that you do, that's really moving this along. So I want to thank you for all the great stuff you've done in this industry. And by the way, people should definitely get your book, Unjunk Your Junk Food. It's flipping amazing. And check out NaturallySavvy.com. Is there anything else you wanted to to add? At Naturally Savvy is, is your Twitter. Anything else? Yeah, at at at, at Andrea. <laughs> I'm like, hello. We're in a big rush. <laughs> at Andrea Donsky on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, yeah, like you said, Lisa, at Naturally Savvy on Twitter, on Facebook, Pinterest. I mean, we're on all the on Instagram, all the major social media channels. Well, Andrea, you are such a wealth of information. I'm looking forward to having you back. I want to thank everyone for listening to Clean Eating Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Radio MD. Thanks for listening. Stay well and eat clean.